0: life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend
1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Mike, can I have a compliment?
0: Mate, I don't have to give you a compliment. Your body's actually got about 30 different compliment proteins that all coalesce in three major cascades, which is going to be the classical, the alternative, the electric cascade. I, and just, I just wanted you
1: to say something about my haircut.
0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike's Medical Podcast. I am Dr. Mike Todorovic. I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Dr. Matt Barton. How are you, Matty? Hello,
1: Mike. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you. This is 2021. Our... I know. We've left 2020 behind us and uh, 2021 is shaping up to be just as good as 2020.
1: <laughs> well, good for you because I believe you've got progeny. I do. I do. I've progenized. <laughs>
0: is that the verb? Um, Yeah, I've got a newborn son. Congratulations, Mike. Thank you. I know that most people are probably aware that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've got a three and a half year old daughter and now I have a six week old son called Ilya. Uh, He's a good kid, sleeps well, eats well, poops well. That's all you can ask for for a six week old, I think. Yeah. Uh, How are you?
1: Okay, I'm here. What's new? Uh, Not a great deal. It was a good few weeks off. I must admit it's difficult coming back. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I think but 2020 was a tough year and just draining.
0: I think it's really just exhausted everybody, mm. mentally, physically. Uh, it was hard to get into the swing of having a break. Yeah, uh, and right. now it's hard to get back into the swing of thinking, reading. I think it's good for the listeners to know that even for us, it's hard to get back into the swing of things, hard to study, hard to read. Hard to uh, summarise information and do a Especially podcast. Especially for this topic. Yeah, what are we talking about?
1: The immune system. Uh, did everyone get the compliment joke at the beginning? Um, yes, they did. Did you? I, I, hope, they <laughs> <laughs> I hope they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's the immune system, so we're going to have a few lectures or podcasts on this topic. Yeah. It's quite a difficult one. Uh, I think I only did one course in this in my undergraduate, and it was quite challenging.
0: So you're more than qualified to do a podcast on <laughs> it then.
1: Sorry, right, you've got me.
0: Yes. I did... Um, so did you do a lot of it? Yeah. Okay. And I did very well. Oh. It was probably the the course that I did the best in. Really? When I was in my yeah, undergraduate. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's my... Well, I'll leave it to you and I'll walk out the door. I think <laughs> that would be beneficial to everybody. Uh, so we're going to do a m- m- number of podcasts on the innate immune system. The I adapt- think we're only
1: going to do one on the innate. Which is today. Okay, today we're doing the
0: innate, but we're going to do another one on the adaptive. Yep. We're going to do That's one two arms. on pathogens generally, and we're going to do one on uh, vaccines. vaccines and immunization. Great. So today is the innate immune system, like you uh, alluded to through your interruption. Oh, is- we just start
1: with giving ah. us an introduction of yeah, the, yeah. the immune system, Mr. Expert. Welcome to 2021,
0: everybody. <laughs> Nothing's changed. We've still I think got it's actually the other way around. The interrupting, uh, Interrupting Matt. We should probably practice before we do these podcasts. We never have. So what do you want? I don't think we ever will. What do you want to say?
1: Well, I just wanted you to give us a definition of what the immune system is. Well, the immune
0: system is a way for the body to fight invading, and I'm going to use a term here that we may need to to define, pathogens. Okay. So pathogen is… A A generating pathology. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably its crudest definition or its rawest definition – but, yeah, anything that can generate a pathology. But it's a, usually a microorganism. Okay. Um, yeah, bacteria, viruses, parasites, for so example. So do you think,
1: especially when we became multicellular as animals, we then had to develop this immune system?
0: Yeah, I mean, plants have so a, still multicellular. Divisions. Oh, I guess animals. Yeah, All right, yeah you said enough. animals, idiot. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it, it, it's really important because while we are probably, by number, one-tenth of us, is uh, microorganisms made up of microorganisms. Yeah. Is that the number now? Yeah, I think it's about w- between 1 in 3 and 1 in 10. Okay, because that's uh, dropped down a bit. Yeah, it used to be 1 to 1, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, so between 1 to 3 and 1 in 10. of Who does the counting? W- yeah, I, th- I think it's just a good estimation because we've got what, around about 30 trillion cells within our body um, and uh, like I said, bet- 1 in 3, 1 in 10, bacterial. Okay. So would you call them a pathogen? Well... It depends.
1: Well, they're not causing calling pathology.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. But they may do if they go from uh, one environment that they're used to That's to good another. Point. That's a good point. right? So the yeah. bacteria on your skin mm-hmm. may not be pathogenic inside. until it gets inside your body. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Right? It's because we've got E. coli, but we can get sick from E. coli. Right, we've got staph on our body, staphylococcus aureus, but we can also get sick from Mm. significantly sick from from staph. So it's important to know that we have various uh, environments and protective systems within the body. To and this is part of the immune system, which is going to protect us from these microorganisms going from one environment to another.
1: Okay, so it's fair to say that the immune system is there as a system to keep us well, stop us being sick, yep, being invaded by microorganisms. Yes, all right. And now you said earlier that there's two arms to this, or two parts of the immune system. You did. There is the, the innate, um, which means it's always there, regardless. Sometimes they call this non-specific. Uh, and then there's the adaptive, which is responsive. This will change and be specific to the type of microorganism that you are invaded with. Correct.
0: Yeah. So the adapt, uh, the innate, which we're talking about today, mm-hmm. you said is non-specific. Yeah. So it doesn't produce a memory, yeah. and it doesn't care what's invading us. Yeah basically just got the same uh, barrage yep. or uh, responsive events that just come through it doesn't matter if it's a bacteria or a virus or a parasite yeah. it's pretty much the exact same response yep and it doesn't remember what it is
1: yeah yeah that's right and doesn't matter yeah and it's going to react the same regardless
0: yeah yep but with the adaptive which we'll talk about in the next podcast that's where we develop immunological memory That's where antigens or bits of proteins from a pathogen, for example, are presented. We remember it. So they show us their flag. We remember that flag as being the enemy. So if we ever get invaded again,
1: we know what to do with it. That's right. But this will take a while to to develop this response. Yeah. So if you were to get invaded by a virus, it's going to take your adaptive immune system probably a couple of weeks to mount a defense to kill it off specifically right yeah so therefore we need this innate response to kind of take charge initially to kind of hold it at bay until the adaptive comes in
0: yeah or you just want to not let it invade the castle at all right
1: all right with castles okay i've got a great analogy okay okay all right so do you know the city of istanbul in turkey (laughs) very well (laughs) okay good Uh, It used to be called Constantinople, which was probably the the centre, the city centre. Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike's history (laughs) podcast, Yeah, I thought we'd diversify this year. (laughs) (laughs) So this city was probably one of the hardest cities to invade in the whole um, Middle Ages, I guess you'd say. Do you know why? Uh, Big walls. (laughs) Very good. That's one part of it. It had huge walls, but also, if you know Istanbul... uh, Very well. A lot of it is surrounded by water. Okay, so to come in from the Mediterranean, you kind of come in through the Dardanelles. This is important in um, war <laughs> war history, particularly in Australia. This is the Anzac. <laughs> this is the Anzac Battle of Gallipoli. So ah. this was the Dardanelles. You got, have to get through this thin um, slit of a, um, uh, a waterway into to get into the area towards Istanbul, and so this was a very pivotal area to. To overcome in the wall. Now, as you come through the Dardanelles, you kind of come into a a sea, and then you get really close to the city. Now, a lot of the city is surrounded by sea, so if you were to try and invade the city, you probably had to come in via boat. Now, if the rest of the city has a huge wall around it, so the first line of defense of this city would be humongous, three-tiered walls. All right. Okay. So this is important, and this is going to be. This will make sense soon when we talk about the uh, the, an innate immune system. Everyone hopes so. Okay, so we've got walls. Number one, that stops any person that shouldn't be getting into the city. Okay, now if you were to try to come through to try and invade Constantinople by ship, they actually had these huge chains that they um, drew across the river. And so your boat would get stuck on the chain, oh. and then they would just blast you from the city walls—arrows
0: or, like or something. Yeah, or oh.
1: actually, cannons and so forth. So this would be—they um, had cannons in the Middle Ages. Well, they started to get it. So oh. like the 14th century, they started to get. Them. But arrows is probably a good one. Yeah. This leads to the next one. Have you ever heard of the weapon Greek fire? Greek fire. Yeah. No. So this uh, was developed by these people. And the Greeks? <laughs> yeah. Well, the Romans and Greeks. All right. So, it's a very um, combustible material and they used to shoot it out of a kind of tube, like a flamethrower, but that also could throw it as grenades. And so, these were like chemicals that would burst onto fire. Like
0: a Molotov cocktail?
1: Yeah, kind of. All right. But it would light up water as well. Oh. And so,
0: this would be... Oh, so that the chemical would sit on top of the water. Yeah, yeah.
1: And all yeah. the boats would burn. Wow. So... What we've got so far is walls, we've got chemicals, and we've got kind of uh, physiological mechanisms.
0: Yeah. Okay. Physical,
1: yeah. Plus, we've got all the troops that would kind of sit at strategic points along the city that would be there in case invaders get in. And they don't care who these invaders are,
0: do they? They're just invaders. They don't care whether these invaders are from the north, south, east, or west, right?
1: That's right. If they're foreign, they'll kill them. And so these are the troops, which are like the cells. And so now when we put it into the... Back to the actual physiology or back to the body. Oh, there's a point to this. So we've got layers of the innate system. We've got barriers, which are like the walls. Okay. So for us, it's like skin. We've got then the second layer, which are the men or the cells. We've got chemicals and we've got um, processes like physiological processes. In this case, it's going to be inflammation and fever, which is kind of like that fire. Cool. Heats things up. Yeah. Kills things off.
0: I think that's very good. I think you did a very good job there. All right. So can I um, reiterate is that when we look at the innate immune system, you have barriers. Yep. You have – so this is external defenses. You've got internal defenses. Which are going to be cells – which are going to be... That's, good. That's one. Yep, which uh, they're going to be cells, they're going to be chemicals and they're going to be physiological That's responses. Right. That's exactly right. So, okay.
1: with the innate immune system, you've got the first layer and then the second layer. The second layer is internal, which is those three you mentioned. Yep. And the first layer is the outer protective layer, which the most obvious one is going to be your skin. So, should we start there? I think we should start there. So, your skin or mine? Start with yours. All right. And then, because mine, I haven't got the best skin.
0: No, I've got very olive tanned supple skin.
1: Whereas I've got Celtic mm. skin.
0: Mottled, <laughs> uh, rash ridden. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's just a sun rash. It's oh. UV you probably Aller- UV allergy.
0: Put some, I think, 1% steroid cream on that.
1: All right. So skin. So what's unique about skin to protect you from being invaded by pathogens?
0: It covers most of our body. Okay. Does it cover all our body?
1: No. There's, okay. there's a few areas it doesn't. Okay. We'll get to that. But, okay, focus like my, on the areas like with skin.
0: Um, all right. So, let's just say, okay, what is it about skin? Well, we know that skin, the most external layer is made up of epidermis. Okay. Um, and it's stratified squamous okay. epidermis, so that means many layers of squished cells. Okay. And the squished gives you uh, an idea as to whether they're living or dead. Okay. They're dead. So,
1: what all of them, or just the top part? Just
0: the top. This this stratified squamous layer is dead. Okay. Um, they're squished, so they've got no internal components. Okay. Organelles are gone. Yep. Um, there's no nucleus that's going to allow for DNA replication to occur. So they're they're basically just filled with uh, waterproof protein called right. keratin. So that means we've got this waterproofed dead multi-layered wall Yeah, that's the first line of defence of our skin. Regions that cover the body that's skin. Is that so, okay?
1: Yeah, yeah. So if, if you're an invader and you're trying to get into the skin yeah. what you would find is a very desolate dry and also acidic environment. This so, is yours, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not it, it's not going to survive very well no. because it's Dried out, so you'll dry out.
0: So when they find when they try to attack my skin, they find that it's like an oasis in the desert. There's That's why you're of sick all the time, there's, there's <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's too moist. It's too wet.
1: <laughs> all right. So yeah, it's and then also the the uh, the advantage of having all those cells that just keep dying and then flaking off. What's the term for that? Sloughing. All right. Um, it just kind of keeps pushing everything off, like exfoliating off. So like anything would. Fly off with the um, dead skin.
0: I yes. Think. Well, um, when you clean your house, yeah. or when you get, or when you pay somebody to clean your house, like Matt probably does, um, they're cleaning up his sloughed off skin. So that—that's that?
1: that's the majority of the dust in the house, right? Oh,
0: that you know what? That's that's I don't like that because that is human waste. That's clinical waste. They should be throwing this into a, either a yellow or maybe a psychological waste purple bin. If well, they cleaning up. my cleaner does. Yeah, they should. <laughs> Cause, uh, wow, a lot of lot of skin today, Matt. Thank you.
1: Okay. Um, so that's a few things. Anything else in the skin that makes it really difficult for pathogens?
0: Yeah. Well, you made the point that uh, acidic. So that's the yeah. first thing. That's that's quite important. I think they
1: call it an acid mantle. So there's a, there's a part of your that skin. That sounds
0: like a good Marvel superhero name.
1: They're going to say a band.
0: Acid mantle. Yeah. It could be a good uh, like heavy metal band. Acid mantle. Um, uh, you've got glands that secrete stuff. Yeah. And so you've got sweat glands right. and you've got sebaceous glands that secrete an oily – and this, this oil, the this sebaceous um, uh, oil secretions are pretty important because they are going to change the pH of the environment. Which um, is acidic, yeah. Which is acidic <laughs> and mitigate any growth okay. of unwanted flora or bacteria or – Or well, at least pathogens, right? Yeah, I should yeah. probably just say pathogens.
1: Because that's the next step is on this skin there's actually a lot of bacteria. Yes. And they're happily living there. I'm not sure what they're adding t- for you. Probably no benefit besides getting infected by pathogens. Maybe they're doing stuff. don't know.
0: Oh, they would. I mean, they act as a defensive mechanism as well. We know that the bacteria in our gut.
1: But I mean, unlike the gut where they're actually breaking food down for you to give you energy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure on the skin if they're giving you any symbiotic, um, well, obviously not nutrition, but... No, but I think what they do is they... prevent. prevent they...
0: They feel uh, they feel an environmental niche, yep. uh, which limits other bacteria to grow there. Yep. Right. So if you fully sterilised your skin, you've now got a clean slate for any bacteria to to grow and divide onto. Um, the sweat glands, for example, doesn't necessarily change the pH, but they have enzymes, okay. enzymes like defensins, um, lysozymes, for example, and they just break things down.
1: So they're just like. Uh, Antibacterial, antimicrobial kind of enzymes that just—I
0: wonder how sweat is your uh, antibacterial wipes, which everyone probably has now due to COVID, sitting in their house, wipe everything down with. That's your sweat. All right. Well, no, it's not made from sweat, but it's probably you should bottle your sweat. I do. Yeah, it's called uh, Oda Oda
1: Todorovic. All right. I think we're pretty good with skin. Yeah. Anything further to add? Um, No, it's it's a physical barrier, so you could cut it, obviously, and open it up. And then it becomes potentially an issue. But like you said earlier, um, there are the uh, opportunistic path, uh, pathogens that yeah. can potentially then cause disease once an opportunity arises, like the staph aureus, which I guess is why when you go in for surgery, let's say, they try to do a, a big kind of iodine or whatever chemicals they use now. Um, wipe down yeah. to try and kill everything off in that area. But one thing that I did um, read some time ago is it's very difficult for, for these bacteria to go from an acidic environment into your blood, which is more alkaline, um, in that quick transition because mm. it hasn't got the capability to change its pH. It's so not the right niche. Yeah, so even they have a, a bit of a problem. Yeah. Overcoming that pH change.
0: Yeah, well, usually the immune system has to be uh, a bit suppressed in some way. Um, not necessarily, but if your immune system is suppressed and you've also uh, broken through uh, one environment so bacteria has access to another, then that's sort of setting up a, a, a better uh, situation for them to, to go into, from one area to another. Now, you said that not ever is covered by skin. Yeah. Some areas is covered by mucus. Well, I was going
1: to say, there's other, there's places, there's holes. Sorry, <laughs> there, <laughs> there, are holes, or sometimes they call orifices, orifice. Yep. Or, orifice. Orify? <laughs> Maybe orifices <laughs> where there isn't skin. So we're sitting in our
0: colleagues' oh no office. Yeah. I was going to say we're not sitting in our colleagues' orifice at yeah, the moment. Yeah, be careful with that. Yeah, I should actually.
1: Um, so what are these um, holes? Yeah.
0: Um, well, I always like to say to my students, from cheek to cheek. Right, so okay. Uh, open your mouth, yep. put my finger in, and I rub the inside of your cheek. And then, if you turn around <laughs> the other way, um, right. I think yeah. I think my, I think I'll keep my I'll keep my finger to myself think, there, but there's okay. your other cheeks.
1: Okay, so that's two um, that's two holes. Two.
0: But um, there's, there's others. N- nose, good. Right, uh, your nares, uh, your eyeballs. Well, they're not really holes. Well, they're sitting in holes. Orbits. Yep, and <laughs> they've got a mucous membrane to them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um,
1: great work keep going maybe one more
0: uh, oh you're a male
1: oh, Okay, I wasn't going, going you're there, a genital yeah you're a genital that right. doesn't matter male female same
0: well yeah I was going to be more specific but I decided not to <laughs> Um, that it <ain't?
1: laughs> ears, ears, ears of course ears yeah. what an idiot so just for these really quickly because these are slightly different to the skin that means they will have and there's vulnerability there to get invaded mm. they're Uh, additional things that your body has produced or evolved over time to withstand pathogens. So can
0: we just say that these areas um, are still lined by epithelia. Epithelia will always cover the external lining from one environment to another. Okay. So they're still made up of epithelia. Okay. Now, they may not necessarily be uh, stratified squamous. They may be simple cuboidal, and if they are, or simple columnar, it may Or pseudo pseudostratified or pseudo it may pseudo- be ciliated or it may be whatever, but there's still epithelia. Okay. So epithelia is the barrier. It is the if you think of innate first line of defense protection, it's epithelia. Okay. So so,
1: so really quickly, let's just go through a few of them. Uh, ears, I think the ear canals, a combination of skin and then go into mucous membrane. Um, but additionally there you have some wax. So wax probably pro- the biggest one, wax. Right? Yeah. And uh, hairs and hairs so don't remove that wax so um, cleaning your ears with the Q-tips <laughs> Q- yeah. we don't call that in Australia um, what do we call earbuds yeah um, just be mindful of that
0: yeah I heard an ENT say don't put anything smaller than a bread box in your ear okay I heard elbow but I
1: think both work the same
0: can you show me how do you give it a shot
1: in your ear no,
0: no. okay alright that's ear done alright well, that was pretty
1: easy good. Yeah. Um, eyes
0: um, Can I just say that that earwax is called Ceramin? Okay. Okay, there you go. Um, Eyes. So the eyes, uh, is it mucous membrane? Yeah. Right? The conjunctiva? Conjunctiva, yeah. They've just found that uh, in primates, I think, that COVID can be can infect primates through the conjunctiva of the eyes.
1: Which would be the same for us, right?
0: I would assume so. Yeah. I don't think it's too different. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. Um, But... There's going to be enzymes there. There's going to be enzymes present, things like defensins and lysozymes and... What's the fluid in your
1: eyeballs, around your eyeballs? What is it? (laughs) Lacrimal fluid or lacrimal... So when you produce tears, it's lacrimation? Yep. um, From your lacrimal gland? And did you know that you have three different types of tears? Really? Mm. They taste differently? Uh, No, they're all salty. Yeah. But you've got three different types.
0: Tears of joy, tears of sadness...
1: That's one. Tears of just dis- what? Well, you have uh, emotional tears. Yeah. You have uh, reflex tears. And mm-hmm. then you just have basal tears, which are always there. So basal tears are just. Well, They've got uh, the same stuff in it. No, no, they're different.
0: So yeah. they come from different glands?
1: No, the same gland, but. Uh, uh, different you, different, no, different physiological. Yeah. That's no, uh, true. Really? Yeah. So the basal tears is what's there all the time. It's usually just. Um, Salty water, and it's really just to keep your eyes lubricated, lubricated. and also nourished. Because remember, the front of your eye, your cornea, uh, cornea doesn't have a blood supply. Yeah, because right. if I had blood supply, you wouldn't be able to see because you have blood vessels in <laughs> front of your eyeball. Yeah, yeah, so it needs to get through diffusion. So you have to have fluid there all the time. Yeah, so that's really its job. Now, when you have reflex tears, this is if you get something stuck in your eye or like um, you peel onions. Yeah, it's an irritant. Irritant. Yeah, so this brings in a different response. That's so this
0: why. When I have a conversation with you, well, I sometimes water? get,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, so, this actually has, in this fluid, this is where you'd have more of those enzymes. All right. Plus, you'd have antibodies. Like IGA. IGA. I-G-A. A. Yeah, a. yeah. Yep. Or, IGA. Would be E nope. as well? No, just A. IGA. I reckon E possibly as well. Anyway. Nope. Because uh, it was E's with uh, allergies. Yes. And, you know, hay fever will cause... Irrit- yeah, you're probably right. In the oh,
0: look, never say never with biology, right?
1: So that's a response between trigeminal and facial nerve, okay. the reflex. Okay? And then yep. finally, um, you have emotional tears, which is completely different. Yep. So if I was to cut your facial nerve, not going to, but if I was going to cut your is facial nerve. Is that a threat? Ner- <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do reflex tears anymore, but you could still have emotional tears. Really? Isn't that amazing? So, mm.
0: if, um, so I wouldn't cry cutting an onion. Correct. But, but I would, would watching a Pixar movie. Yes, okay.
1: that's right. That's right. Isn't
0: that cool? I it's interesting. It, I thought it was cool. No, 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 it's very interesting. Yeah, good on you. So
1: three tiers. Okay.
0: Anyway. Well, you know it, that's definitely going to help someone <laughs> in an exam, right? <laughs>
1: All right. So that's uh, ears, eyes done. Yeah. Now nose. let's just go, Let's just go nose, mouth together, because uh, this is where you get. <laughs> this is where you're going to get swabbed for COVID. Yes. So you might uh, as yeah. well just put it together. So
0: you're just going to make that the we're just going to say respiratory tract, the top. Okay. Upper respiratory
1: tract. Okay. Okay. Um, what we've got here is mucous membranes. Yeah. So we've got uh, epithelium that's produced in mucin, which I think then when it's hydrated becomes mucus. Yeah. So that's uh, – what, what would you describe that? Just a thick – Viscous fluid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got cilia in them. Um, I'm not sure if it's right in your nose, but it's probably as you get down to the trachea at least. Yeah. This is like that chain in the uh, – the Constantinople analogy, Yep, things get stuck in it. Yes. Okay, and then you can either, the way it gets it kind of, these little hairs beat their way upwards towards your pharynx.
0: Yeah, they're like little hands that grab and throw up and the mucociliary escalator. So the mucus, being very sticky and viscous, captures the particles and then the cilia captures the mucus and pushes the mucus up, 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 up and then you either make the decision of swallowing it down into your gut where it's got a low pH and will destroy it, plus other enzymes, or you just cough it up.
1: And spit it on the ground. Yeah.
0: But I think currently with COVID, we're probably just going to swallow it. Yeah. Um, it. We've got Vibrisay. Don't forget Vibrisay, first of all. So they're the hairs in the nasal cavity. Okay. So they're going to probably be the very first ones so Unless defense. you pluck them out. Yes. And which then, and then you <laughs> obviously haven't for a long time.
1: <laughs> and then if you do pluck them out, you get reflex tears.
0: Yeah, very true. I get that's, emotional tears. Because that's
1: also trigeminal nerve.
0: There you go. We've got coughing and sneezing, right? That's, that's well, I haven't got there yet. Oh, sorry. I didn't realise that you were dictating the, uh, the way that this podcast was <laughs> progressing.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, we did cilia. Would you, would you, also, say the, would you also say the... i um, uh, got a mind blank. What are the uh, turbinates? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the turbinates, which are like little
0: divots and grooves inside the nasal cavity, play three major roles. They heat the air coming in.
1: So that's uh, more respiratory.
0: They humidify the more air coming in, but they clean the air coming in because when the air comes in, it begins to spin, yeah. turbination. And when it spins, just like if you've ever hopped on that horrible ride. Gravitron. The, yeah, when the local carnival I comes ate in ate and you get stuck to the wall, that's what the turbination does. Sticks you to the wall.
1: So if you were a bacteria, you get spun on the Gravitron and it would light you against the wall. Yeah, it would and it would even if you spewed, it
0: would, it would stick to the mucus. And
1: then that would dry out and produce snot. Yes,
0: Great. Cool. That was a good way to finish that. So that's nasal cavity and respiratory tract. (laughs)
1: Well, up mouth. Yeah. No, In mouth, you've also got saliva.
0: Oh, that's true. Saliva is probably really important. I mean, IGA, (laughs) lysosimes, you know, contains a huge amount of antimicrobial substances. Okay. Even dog saliva, right? Think about all the stuff they put in their mouth and they don't get sick.
1: I think we, uh, this could be wrong, but I think that, we have worse bacteria in our mouth than dogs.
0: But I think that's not because we put more stuff stuff in our mouth. I think Isn't it's because true, we have though, less like defenses. If, we,
1: if, it, if you get a human bite, it's potentially, um, let's exclude rabies for the dog, mm. but potentially it's a worse possibility than a dog bite Yeah, from and a I, bacteria.
0: But I think it's yeah because dogs probably kill most bacteria in their mouth okay. and we don't.
1: Okay, if you're a veter- a veterinarian and you know the answer to this... Yeah,
0: let us know. I know we have vets listening. They've written in before. So let us always, know.
1: Always corrected my comparative anatomy.
0: But the thing is a vet will only see... Well, a vet's not going to see a dog bite or a human bite. Right, a human Unless a dog bites another dog right, or a, a human, human bites a, bite a dog. Yeah, human bite. So have oh. you ever seen a human bite a dog? And if you are an ER physician, <laughs> have you ever seen a dog bite a human? And then we'll compare on, uh, on the podcast.
1: I know some reptiles have really bad saliva yeah. or bacteria like uh, dragons in dragons Indonesia and crocodiles kill people from that way oh yeah they just bite them and then let the animal die right the,
0: they've actually got toxins okay. in their saliva
1: is that from the bacteria or just from the saliva
0: that's a good question okay. don't know all
1: right um well while we're here let's just go into the respiratory tract yeah um so in the respiratory tract we've got a few other so we've got done nasal secretions we've done the hairs but we've also got a physiological response, which is coughing and sneezing. So yeah. I, I guess if a bacteria, or let's just go with bacteria, because um, it's a bit bigger and there's probably more of it, have have gotten down past your uh, mucous membranes and made its way into the tr- trachea. Yeah.
0: What, well, are going to talk about the stomach?
1: No, we'll do that in gastrointestinal. Oh, okay. There is that possibility that um, it's going to start to irritate your kind of upper respiratory tract. Yep. And you have a process, uh, a, a reflex process, which um, tries to expel it out, and that's through a cough or through a sneeze. Yeah. And this is probably one of the ways that you would spread COVID, actually, right? Coughing yeah. and sneezing?
0: Yeah, the irritation. It, it's, it's interesting how viruses have evolved to lead to such irritation that it hijacks our mechanisms of protection mm. to improve their spread right so we cough to protect ourselves to try and get it out but but they they know that that's how we further spread yeah it's amazing themselves right same as sneezing
1: so while we're in the respiratory tract Mm. um we can come back to this but there's also way down the bottom once if you get this far down to the alveoli there's also alveoli macrophages but we'll come back to when we do the cells yeah okay so that's respiratory tract done um and you've got to remember that sometimes people don't think like this, but the respiratory tract, this is like um, a surface area of squash court, maybe a bit more. Yeah. Um, that's all outside world still. True, yeah. So you need to, just like you have skin on the outside of your body, you need all these protective layers all in your lung tissue because this is...
0: Exposed to the external environment. environment.
1: Yeah. So the same thing with the
0: gastrointestinal tract. Can, we, can I just quickly butt in and just say that... Um, there are things that we do on a daily basis that actually uh, reduce our respiratory tract's ability to protect us, and that's smoking. So smoking kills off the cilia. Um, I gave that up. Did you? Yeah. Oh, were you a big smoker? How many would you have?
1: Uh oh, can't even remember. Wow. That many?
0: That many? I don't, I don't think you were ever a smoker.
1: No, I, I've had a one or two. A day? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, Oh, no, 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 very rarely.
0: I don't know if I've... I, I visited
1: th- Amsterdam. Okay, well, <laughs> I probably weren't
0: smoking too many cigarettes there. But uh, still smoke. No,
1: I've given up well and truly. Good, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Okay, I was going to say something about smoking, but that's not really respiratory related. It was, it's more cardiovascular. I'm, I was just going to say quitting. It, it has a dramatic effect even within hours. Mm. Quitting smoking. Yeah. So anyway. quit smoking.
0: Yeah. See, Matt's fine now. Apart from that hacking cough that he has every morning.
1: Why do you get a hacking cough as a smoker?
0: But Because you kill off the cilia. Yeah. The pathogens, the crap that you're inhaling throughout the day hits the mucous membranes and instead of being thrown back up by the cilia, falls down, goes down into alveoli. So and the
1: smoke is destructive to the little hair cells yep. which then gets rid of that line of defence yep. and now you rely on the cough. Yep. That's and if you think it. about
0: it, smoke, cigarette smoke... Uh, reduces the elasticity in your airways as well, so the elastic recall. So it's even harder to cough things out.
1: I think that's because of the macrophages. That's right. Um, as a side point, um, they added some ingredients into smoke cigarettes to yeah. stop the cough reflex.
0: But that would be worse for us. Yeah.
1: Well, that's like it, it wasn't desirable to produce a product that everyone's walking around coughing. Hacking. Yeah. So they added things to the tobacco. Wow. Like um, menthol. Which is a, uh, uh, yeah. a cooling agent. Yeah. But also um, local anesthetics. What?
0: Yeah. Is smoking a local anesthetic?
1: Well, there's chemicals in there that wow. acts as a local anesthetic. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, I, look, remember, nobody I remember when, be I, smoking. when I read the ingredients added to smokes or well, tobacco smokes um, to just, to, I don't know, increase the addictive pra- properties of it. Yeah. It was phenomenal. I, it was mind blowing.
0: There's a lot of crap in there. A lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, if you're a smoker, um, <laughs> you probably shouldn't complain about what's in the uh, COVID vaccine because I think, uh, you'll be fine. If, you, if you've smoked a cigarette, you'll be okay taking the COVID vaccine. If you've got a problem with that. And we're going to talk about the COVID vaccine
1: in a couple of podcasts,
0: a couple of podcasts. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting mine. Uh, Matt's looking forward to getting his,
1: which one are you going for?
0: Um, look, here in Australia, we're likely going to be getting the AstraZeneca one, which is going to be the uh, virus, which is going to be the chimpanzee. Uh, it's a. Is it a SARS virus?
1: No, it's an adenovirus. I think
0: it's an inactivated yeah. adenovirus, right? Um, I would like the mRNA. I've never had an mRNA vaccine before, so I'd like to give it a shot. Okay, right, and I think it's better protection than the one that they're trying to flog to us here in Australia. <laughs> but anyway, that's probably more of a political and financial move than it is a health-based. Uh, decision, but time will tell. It's probably
1: because you weren't given a job at Oxford.
0: Yeah, so that's the Oxford one, isn't it? Yeah. Look, give me a vaccine. Sixty-five percent protection is better than zero. Is that protection.
1: like just with the first shot, or was that both shots?
0: I don't know if the Oxford one is a two-shot vaccine.
1: Yeah, I think they all had the the second. Isn't that? Even I think the they all. I think they all do. Yeah. Oh, I okay. could be wrong. We'll, okay. we'll clarify this. I thought that was podcast. just the
0: Pfizer and the Moderna one.
1: Yeah, I think that also the other one as well, I, I could be wrong though.
0: And you know, a, a lot of our colleagues overseas, um, medicos, doctors who are, because they're getting vaccinated at the moment in mm. the US and the UK, um, I've spoken to a number of them and they get smashed by the first or second dose. Meaning what happens, what they've said is usually after the second dose, about 12 hours after getting the vaccine, they're exhausted, chills, fever. Mm. Um, That's
1: good. That, that, that means your immune system is re- reacting exactly. to exactly. You shouldn't be you fearful.
0: That. It doesn't mean you're getting sick from yeah. the vaccine. It means that or you're, it's or it's a bad thing. It means your immune system, in actual fact, probably most likely your adaptive immune system, uh, your innate immune system, yeah, yeah. which we're talking we'll, about we'll, today, we'll get to this, yeah, yeah, is responding appropriately to
1: to this challenge.
0: This challenge, yeah,
1: that's right. All right, um, we better get moving because yeah, we're sorry. still not even. Past the barriers.
0: And so that everyone loves listening to our long (laughs) podcast episodes.
1: Okay, so now let's go to the gut. Yeah. So uh what's some protective mechanisms here?
0: I'd say number one would be the pH. In the stomach. Yeah, between one to three. That's very acidic. That's hydrochloric acid acidic. Well it is hydrochloric acid, but it's Mm. very acidic. It can digest nails. Doesn't mean you should ingest nails, but it can digest nails. You mean like your end of your fingers? No, I mean (laughs) hammer nails. Okay. Yeah. Um and hydrochloric acid—that's uh, not the, the sorry—other uh, enzymes that are present. Yeah,
1: and if you—and if they are to get past that um, low pH, then you have all the array of other microbiome in your gut that could also yeah do the same things what you saw in the skin.
0: Yeah, because I think there is a slight increased likelihood of uh, infection for people who are on PPIs, proton pump inhibitors. Because it stops the hydrochloric acid. Isn't it, you? Yeah, I'm on PPIs. Uh, uh, I probably have an increased likelihood of getting some bacterial infection in my gut. But I've been pretty good so far.
1: That's why you don't have my cooking.
0: I, <laughs> I don't think anyone should ingest your cooking.
1: All right, we're almost there. Um, let's go backwards, up the other way. What do you mean? So there's another hole that we have to go kind of invade back. <laughs> back oh, the backwards. nose, the nose.
0: The nose? No. Oh, the mouth. Rec- rectum. 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 Yeah. Rectum? I destroyed them.
1: Okay. So this is, uh, I guess, similar to the skin. It's going to have those kind of same cells. So they would... Um, Epithelial. What's the word?
0: I don't know what that means. Matt's flicking his fingers out. Spirit fingers? Uh, Sloughing?
1: Oh, yes. Yep. So that would also exfoliate at that region. But then also defecating is going to expel a lot of stuff out to stop um, invaders going back... At, Pathogen's going back up the GIT tract.
0: Well, right at your anus where it uh, is at your butt cheeks, that is stratified squamous epithelium. Yeah. And then as you continue to go towards the rectum from the
1: anus. So you go into the canal? Yep.
0: Yeah, it mm-hmm. then moves from being stratified squamous to, you know, simple cuboidal and then simple columnar, And then it starts to be mucus producing. Yeah. So it goes from being more like skin to being more like the gut. Yeah. And right. so that's sort of the interface that you've got. Yep. You don't get that the other way until you really hit the... Uh, esophagus is still relatively stratified, isn't
1: it? Yeah. So until you get into the stomach. Yeah. Uh, um, but defecation is a protective mechanism. And then your urogenital, um, if certain pathogens were trying to go back up upwards, yep. So such as a UTI, mm. which is more common in females than males, that's just because of the anatomy... Usually, yeah, it's um, shorter, shorter, the shorter urethra. Yep. Uh, also, location of the urethra is in the, uh, what's the correct anatomical, the vulva, the the vulva or the, the vestibule. Yeah. Okay. Just the outside of the vagina, I guess. Yeah. Because you've got kind of a shared location, it's more yeah. likely the vestibule. For, yeah. So um, the the urine, both in its chem- chemistry structure, but also the the pushing, not the pushing, but the, yeah, the, the, pressure, the force can make it difficult for bacteria and so forth to um, survive in that location. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it.
0: So all of these things that we've spoken about. Yeah, the first barrier. This is the first barrier, the first line of defense. So there's a significant number of things that bacteria, parasites, you know, um, have to overcome, viruses have to
1: overcome. All right, so let's say these or one of these were breached. All right. Now we go into the second line of the innate. And you said okay. that that's cells, chemicals,
0: and physiological responses. Yeah, yep. So should we start with cells?
1: Okay, so yeah, I won't spend too much time here because we have already 40 minutes in. Yeah. But the cells are generally... So these are leukocytes, meaning white blood cells. Yeah. Okay. Now, the way you can probably remember it is... Uh, All these white blood cells are made, all blood cells are made from um, bone marrow cells. Um, The only ones that aren't part of the innate are the lymphocytes. So the lymphocytes are in the adaptive response. So that means all the rest are going to be in this innate part.
0: Yeah, and look, and I would say that if if you, because obviously there's a lot of different cell types, I'd say the two major cell types that you should be aware of here. In the innate? In the innate, uh, phagocytic cells okay, and NK cells, natural killer cells. Right. They're the two. Um, phagocytes are cells that eat. So phago or phage means to eat. site means cell. And a subset of a phagocytic cell is a macrophage, which is a big eater. Uh, and there are a number of different types of macrophages, right? So you can have certain types of white blood cells or leukocytes, that are macrophages or phagocytic cells. The two main ones are going to be neutrophils and monocytes. Yeah. Right? So, neutrophils are probably one of the main phagocytic cells. Never
1: that, eat, no, never Never let monkeys eat bananas.
0: That's, the, that's how you remember from most abundant to least yeah. abundant white blood cells. So, N, Neva, neutrophils,
1: Neutra, L, <laughs> limbocytes. Yeah. That's inadaptive, though, remember? That's right. M, monocytes. E, isonophils. And B. Basophils. That's right. So, so, neutrophils are the most abundant. So, that's 50 to 60% of all your white blood cells are neutrophils. So, they're very important, particularly for the start of any kind of inflammation infection. So, they're yeah. the first guys that will come on the scene as recruits.
0: Well, macrophages generally. So, you know, that's the br- big umbrella term yeah. for a lot of these. We've got around about 0.2 trillion of them. What's that? 200 billion of them in the body. That's a lot. They're very important. Yeah. They're basically, macrophages are pretty much in every tissue of the body. Yeah. And so that's an important point. They're not just in the bloodstream. They reside in all the tissues of the body. And some have different names, like dendritic cells, okay. for example. Yep. Um, Langerhans cells, they're, they're, they're dendritic cells, aren't they?
1: Uh, Langer, in, Langerhans. In the s- skin, dendritic cells. Yeah, I'm not sure what they are derived from. Maybe they're uh, not a mast cell. But yeah, I should know this. I think they might be from a monocyte. But check probably wrong. Yeah. But they are an immune cell in the epidermis. But I think once you go down into the dermis, you might have the histocytes, which are macrophages.
0: But regardless, I think the important point to get across here is that regardless of what's infecting you, bacteria, virus, parasite, whatever, the macrophages will engulf it, destroy it, and present it. Yep. Right? So they can become what's called antigen-presenting cells. And
1: that's basically... so. That is now linking into the adaptive system.
0: Yeah, so you should always think that anything that's invading you, you should think, well, how does the body know whether it's – that it's foreign or not, right? We've got so many different cells and tissues of the body. How does it know it's not me? PAMPs. Pamp, well, PAMPs is one one way. PAMPs, MAMPs, right? So anyway, flags, this way I remember it. Um, everything is going to be made up – everything living, or I should say pathogens are going to have proteins, associated with them right it's part it's one of the macromolecules that make up living organisms Um, and so what they do is they have proteins that the body recognizes as not being part of us so when a macrophage whatever it it might be a neutrophil it might be a monocyte that's then turned into a macrophage it may be whatever type of localized macrophage that's present it will engulf destroy and then present a fragment of the protein on its surface and become an antigen-presenting cell. And the flag, or the protein, is the antigen. Now, it may not be necessarily a protein. It could be a sugar, right? But it's a flag. That's part of it. And then, like Matt said, this is the flag calls in the adaptive immune system. And so that's where we'll be talking about how the
1: adaptive immune system recognizes the antigen. So a good example is a dendritic cell, which um, would pick up a foreign invader, kill it, um, so swallow it, and then take off, so legate, to the nearest lymphocyte. Lymph node. Yeah, sorry, lymph, lymph node, that's right. So um, then hopefully what's in the lymph node is the lymphocytes to then start to generate an a adaptive r- immune response, yes. which is now going to be specific to whatever that pathogen was.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I think to – so we don't – bleed into the uh, Adaptive Immune System podcast. Like Matt said, it's important to know that when you have some sort of immune response, you may have swollen lymph nodes. And Mm. the swollen lymph nodes is simply the innate immune system delivering the product to the adaptive immune system, being in the lymph node. Because your B and T cells are part of the adaptive immune system and they reside in the lymph node.
1: So that would be a sign of... Infection, right?
0: Yeah. So if you had a a, a, a cut that got infected on your arm, for example, you may find that the axillary auxiliary or the lymph nodes under your arms are swollen that's, under under that
1: arm because that's all the extracellular fluid. Where let's say it's a bacteria infection, it can't really get access to your blood, so it has to try and drain. Well, it will drain back with your lymph, and the first kind of checkpoint is your lymph nodes.
0: All right. I think the best way we can talk about this is let's start with inflammation. Because we can talk about the inflammatory response then leading to a cellular response and then that also leads into the chemical response altogether because inflammation is going to happen at the same time as the chemical and cellular response. So let's talk about inflammation, I think, which I've done a whole podcast on.
1: So you're going to merge the three internals in one? Yes, All right.
0: because they do overlap.
1: Okay, all right. I think... So let's before we start this process, then let's just make sure we all know the three components. So we've got the cells. Yep. We've got the chemicals. Do you want to just mention a couple of chemicals? Just yeah. So that's
0: the complement system, which is the hilarious joke that we made at the beginning of the podcast. So complement.
1: Yep. Anything else? And also the cytokines. Cytokines, and then the last one being physiological processes. So in this case, we're going to do inflammation, and we'll bring in fever. Correct. All right. So. So. Let's say you've got an infected finger. Yeah. Okay, so there's been a breach of the outside skin. Now the bacteria has made its way into the extracellular fluid of your finger. Yep. And now there's going to be a response. So let's say mast cells uh, pick up or mast cells, dendritic cells pick up. There's some foreign um, pathogens here and they're going to release some chemicals.
0: Yep. Um, so the mast cells or the dendritic cells, the cellular response... Um, and they're going to have receptors. They pick up the fact that there's something invading. Yep. It could be direct damage to them, yep. or it could be a pathogen. So you yeah, may yeah, have cut this, your finger.
1: Yep, so, so there's actual damage to cells. Yep,
0: or it could be a, a chemical trigger from uh, other damaged cells around them or directly from
1: or, the foreign Yeah, so infect, infectious properties or infectious chemicals from the bacteria can alo- start this off as well as necrotic cells. So if you start busting up cells, the insides of them will be released everywhere and that will cause this process to start off. Yes.
0: And so when you trigger these dendritic cells or base, uh, or mast cells, they spill their guts. So they're called granul- granulating cells or degranulating cells. At least cells. mast sites. Yep. Um, and when they spill their guts, they release
1: chemicals. And so one good one here is histamine. Yes. And so histamines we know has a very strong effect on um, blood vessels. Yep. And this will start the... Inf- inflammation off so we won't go into depth here but the your blood vessels in that location will dilate
0: yeah so think about what the way you need to think about this is uh if you've got a bacteria that's invaded your finger and breached your skin what would you do to try and stop it from going elsewhere and what would you do to try and kill it off and get rid of it
1: right and and also notify the most important um uh, system of the body yes to bring in the recruits to kill it
0: yes so remember the army or most of the army is sitting in the bloodstream or the lymphatic system so the fluids and so if you've got something damaged there you're going to release chemicals that open the doors of the gates to bring the army in so and
1: unfortunately telephones don't work in this system so they you, don't you've got to do it through mail it's all wifi
0: you've got to do it through chemicals so the histamines released from the mast cells um and it's not just histamine, but bradykinins as well, cytokines, um, nitric oxide, prostaglandins, all these types of chemicals, which are really important. They tell the blood vessels to relax and dilate. Yep. Now, when you relax and dilate, more blood goes to that area. So it increases the flow and increases the amount of white blood cells that can get to the area. Yep. The other thing that it does is it increases the permeability of mm-hmm. the capillaries. so And
1: adhesion properties.
0: So capillaries are a lot like Matt's underpants. They're full of holes. And so things are gonna leak out, again, like Matt's underpants. And what's gonna leak out is gonna be fluid to sort of wash or flush the area where the bacteria Would you do the chair at the end of the day. With, yes, which we'll have to hose this chair down afterwards. <laughs> it's gonna flush the area. It's gonna increase the likelihood of white blood cells to get out of the bloodstream into the interstitium and the tissue to try and attack. Solution of
1: pollution is dilution.
0: <laughs> is that right?
1: I think it's a surgical saying. Yes. Yeah.
0: Just Just wash it out. Wash it out. Dilute it. Um, And so, distracted me. Increased flow, increased uh, permeability, flushing it out, white blood cells coming in. Wait, just shut up for a sec. White blood cells coming in, flushing it through, diluting it out. Neutrophils are going to be part of that process. They're they're the the first, right? Within seconds. Seconds to minutes, neutrophils will be there at that bacteria. And And how do
1: they know to get to the bacteria?
0: Chemokines. Okay, so this is where the so chemicals chemo, come. Chemotaxis. Out. So cytokines include chemokines, right? Cytokines are all cytokines are are simply chemicals that are released by cells that uh, orchestrate the immune system. They are the conductor of the orchestra. So the types of things that they do is they initiate, they amplify, they direct, they mediate, they regulate both the innate and the adaptive immune system. Mm-hmm. They tell, tell things where to go and what to do. Okay. That's what cytokines do. And there's heaps of different types. You've heard of interleukins. Which tumor- means
1: between luke, white. Yes. In between white cells.
0: One white cell releasing a chemical to tell another white cell something to do. So interferons? they're the interleukins. Interferons, which interfere with viral reproduction. That's a good one. Tumor necrosis factor, which increase the cell death of things. Um, colony stimulating factors, for example.
1: Okay. So um, the tissue that, or the part of your finger that's got the bacteria is now alert in the body. There's a whole lot of chemicals or uh, cytokines being released. The blood vessels dilate in, so we get more blood flow to the area. But at the same time, because a lot of fluids leave leaving the blood vessel, the actual flow is slowing down, Yeah. which gives more chance for the neutrophils to squeeze out on the side of the wall. Yep. And then they move towards the bacteria. Yep. Okay. Um, so there's a whole lot of chemicals occurring. Plus, we might just add to this while we're talking about chemicals. Some chemicals which become what we call pyrogens go back into the blood and circulate around the body, particularly in this case to the hypothalamus, which is your brain, and that's going to tell the brain to reset its set point to become hotter. That's right. And the, this is how you induce a fever. And so what this will do is will, instead of setting you at... What, 36, 6 to 37, 2? It bumps you up to, let's say, 39. Yeah. And so all of a sudden your body thinks, hey, I'm actually feeling a bit cold. Yeah. So, I
0: should be 39. I'm below this. So, so let's shiver.
1: Let's shiver. Let's take um, elsewhere in the body. Let's take um, blood away so you become white and you, you don't lose as much heat. Now, this is a question I was going to ask you, um, which you may or may not know. How does these cytokines, I presume are cytokines, how do they instruct um, cells to increase metabolic rate?
0: Cells, most cells of the body have cytokine receptors. All right. And they're very specific and and they're very sensitive. So you actually need very low numbers of cytokines for cells to respond to.
1: Okay, so this is how... I presume you will get your temperature up mostly, right? You just bump up your basal metabolic rate. Yeah. So you're burning more oxygen, you're burning more energy to get you hotter. Yeah. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I mean, you might, you might shiver, but that would be a more extreme yeah. form. Yeah. So in doing so, this is where you get some other side effects of the infection, like your heart rate goes up, your breathing goes up, because you need more oxygen to burn the, the oxygen for the energy, right? Yep. And you're exhausted. And you're exhausted and also because you need more, this is, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but part of the reason why you get myalgia with an infection is because you go into some catabolic states to get more proteins for more immune, which we'll talk about, in uh, like complement mm. antibodies and stuff.
0: And you probably produce more lactate. You know, you probably go, your, your muscles yeah, are probably, the, yeah, 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 anaerobic, yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. So you're right, so, cyto- so th- these are the effects of cytokines, right?
1: And this is part of the reason why you're feeling rubbish in the case of um, this vaccine that you've been given. Yes. You might get a fever, yep. cytokines, you might feel myalgia, joint pain, cytokines, muscle pain, cytokines, cytokines. cytokines. So this is all good things, right? Yeah, I it's mean, it's telling... not great for the person, but...
0: No, it doesn't last forever. It just tells, that, tells you that your body is having an immune response. That's great.
1: And there's a couple other things to just to add with the fever. There's your immune system actually works better at a hotter temperature. Yeah. So it's more efficient, you know, let's say, 38, 39 than it is at 37. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Plus, um, it tells the liver to hold on to things like iron and zinc, which is important uh, metabolites maybe or ingredients for bacteria to replicate. So it makes it harder for them to... Uh, have new babies, as well as the temperatures is harder for a pathogen because they don't like to be hotter. They want a, a, a physiological temperature.
0: And that's why there's a big question in medicine at the moment whether to take NSAIDs or not with a fever. Yeah, um, And we're not going to say one way or another.
1: Well, I think, but- the, I think literature says if it goes into a an area where it's now going to be destructive or not damaging, like um, causing protein breakdown. Yeah. Like you probably going into the forties, then yeah. it's probably advisable. But if it's a mild fever, it's probably suggested to maybe wait and watch.
0: Yeah. You don't want to have a febrile seizure. That's anything. right. Yeah. It's different for children. Yeah.
1: Definitely different for children. Um, okay. So that's fever done. We can take that part off. Yeah.
0: And so inflammation, let's continue with inflammation a little bit. So when you have inflammation, you've got the four cardinal signs, right? Redness, heat, pain, Swelling. So the redness is obviously because there's more blood flow to the area because the histamines, bradykinins, prostaglandins, um, cytokines have all relaxed those capillaries, the blood vessels. So more blood flow, it's red. Um, it's hot because of increased blood flow. It's swollen because it's leaky, like your underpants and all the fluids coming out. So fluid is accumulating at the tissue, right? Uh, trying to dilute out that area and bring the white blood cells in. Uh, And there's pain because all these chemicals stimulate pain receptors, Mm. right? So substance P,
1: cytokines, like there's... Prostaglandins. Prostaglandins, you know, cytokines play a big role in pain. So it would notify you as well as tell you not to move it.
0: Correct. And you can get loss of function if it's too swollen or too painful, which may be the fifth cardinal sign. And so this is all part of that inflammatory response. Uh, Now, the neutrophils that come in... Right, So part of the cells, they come in. But NK cells are also coming into play here. So natural killer cells. They're also part of the innate immune system. So they don't care what it is, bacteria, virus, whatever. They're going to kill it off. And NK cells do it by programming the pathogen to undergo something called, now, some people call it apoptosis or apoptosis. Yeah, I thought it was apoptosis. It's actually apoptosis. Because the tosis is P T O S I S, so that's tosis, and apo because it's a programmed cell death. It means the leaves falling off the trees in autumn. That's oh, it's Greek lovely. for apoptosis. Um, anyway, because it's programmed, obviously every autumn. Leaves but is fall.
1: it but is it true to to say in, in this case because we've got a bacteria infection? Probably NK cells are less um, active than the phagocytes, whereas NK is probably more for a viral infected cells and because they're more of yeah. a intracellular. Infection. Yep. So, and same with tumour cells.
0: Yes. Yeah, so what the NK cells do is they program an infected cell to yeah. die yeah. Uh, through apoptosis, not necrosis. So both are killing off cells but through different mechanisms. Yeah. So in necrosis, uh, you know, it, it plebs and bursts and, and everything spills out. and Which makes more inflammation. Yeah. When a cell spills, it spills its guts and there's chemicals. So it promotes more inflammation. And you probably don't want this in this scenario. So NK cells limit it by letting it destroy itself from the inside out. Yep. Right? So that's NK cells. The mast cells are promoting all the chemicals. Uh, They're the major cells here. And the neutrophils are macrophages. They're phagocytic cells. And monocytes are also macrophages. They come a little bit later into play. And they once they jump out of the bloodstream, they become macrophages Macrophages. and start gobbling the rest of the stuff up.
1: And so in the acute phase, when we're talking about acute inflammation, the the big players will be the neutrophils and the macrophages. Because they're doing all the eating up. Yeah, like localised macrophages and neutrophils. And so they're going to be part of the reason if you do get that pussy kind of fluid, that's all these dead kind of bacteria, tissue, neutrophils, all in that walled-off fluid. Yeah, that's right. So is there anything else you want to add with the kind of phagocytic response? We kind of covered the main part.
0: No, I think that's the main part. What people need to neutrophils have a lifespan of around about five days they're phagocytic there's other localized phagocytic cells or macrophages that are there that will try and engulf dendritic cells for example and
1: then numbers will go up quite rapidly when you have an acute inflammation so if you were to take blood and look at someone's white blood cells and they had a raised neutrophil then that would suggest they've got in- acute inflammation
0: yeah and this is where the, again the cytokines come in right so I said that you know there's interleukins, there's tumor necrosis factor, colony-stimulating factors, there's all, uh, all these different types of cytokines. But the main point is, like I said, they're the conductors. They orchestrate the immune response. So the roles that these uh, cytokines are playing, for example, include they go to the bone marrow and say, hey, we need more neutrophils. Yeah. So the mobilise neutrophils. They go to the liver saying, hey, we need more acute phase proteins to help deal with this situation. They go to the hypothalamus, hey, increase... Let's increase the temperature. Let's have a fever here so that we can try and kill this off. They're going to go to the mast cells and tell more to degranulate. So more of an inflammatory response. They're going to go to just cells in the area, tell them to release chemicals that recruit white white blood cells into the area. They're going to tell the blood vessels to dilate and become more permeable. So just think, cytokines do it all. They do it all and they call the other systems in. They also call the adaptive immune system in as well.
1: Okay, so that's... Two cells done. Do you want to do a couple more quickly? Like what? Well, just so it's for completion. So, we've got the isonophils, which is much more for parasitics. So, this, if you were to have worms or something, then which the, my daughter had, which <laughs> these 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 guys would play a bigger role. So, they would, they're also granulocytes, so they'll release chemicals onto that parasite. Obviously, they can't eat the parasite because the parasite's multicellular, it's large, so it can't swallow it like a bacteria. Yeah. But it can. Um, secrete things onto it, stick to it, like try sort of toxic chemicals, try to kill it. Oh. Um, but also in, important with sonophils because um, that they they seem to be much more prevalent when it comes to parasites. But they also have a role with allergies, and that seems to happen because um, during an, an allergic reaction, you know, the mast cells and the basophils release certain chemicals, and one of the chemicals is a chemical that. Will a chemotactic um, factor, a, sonofi- a sonophilic chemotactic factor, that, that will actually bring asophiles into? It. And so, yeah, you so
0: chemotaxis is just basically chemochemical taxis movement. Taxi, yeah. So it, it basically says taxi and calls things to its area.
1: So you can actually see in certain allergic asthma states, you might actually find a whole lot of asophiles in that region, and that's partly because of those chemicals that's bringing it into it. You said eosinophilic asthma, right? Yeah, yeah. Another one is basophils. Basophils is more to do with allergies. So, basophils seem to work hand in hand um, with mast I- cells. With Ig and mast cells. Yeah, that's right. So, usually when you see higher basophils in your white blood cells more than normal, it would suggest certain types of maybe allergies or hypersensitivities. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's pretty much all the cells. And just to add, with the, new, the natural killer cells, I know you said it, but just to Finally, finish it off. These are kind of, as the name suggests, their whole job is to go around the body looking for dodgy characters and just kill them. Yeah. Now, the way they do this is by a MHC one. So these are um,
0: major histocompatibility uh, complex. Like a
1: flag that the cells have. Yeah. But but injured cells or maybe um, tumor cells, they have problems producing correct flags. So because they're either infected or they're too active or mutated, they don't produce good looking flags. yeah so what the natural killer cells says, "Hey, you look dodgy, I'm just going to kill you." But the good thing about these, this type of killing, it, as you said, doesn't kill it doesn't sorry generate necrosis, it just kind of sticks holes into it, and then it s- starts to go into apoptosis, and then the phagocytes come along and then get rid of it. yeah, so that's pretty much the cells. Yeah, well, we've pretty much in the
0: cells. We've done the uh, chemicals. Well, we haven't done complement.
1: Yeah. So since we started with the complement joke, I think we should definitely finish it. Yeah.
0: All right. So everyone's, if you've heard a compliment before, you're probably looking at pressing the stop button to the podcast. Uh, but the complement system is complex, and we're not going to go through the details of it. But we will say that the complement system has it's a cascading event. Yeah. Right. One leads to another, leads to another. They all basically, you know, all roads lead to Rome. They all coalesce to an end pathway. But there's three cascades, right? There's the classical, the alternative, and the lectin pathway. There's around about 13 proteins, part of the complement system. And all they do, and this is all I tell my students, all the complement system proteins do is they complement the rest of the immune system. So they call upon T cells. They call upon B cells. They support inflammation. Again, it's And what do they do as an outcome? Uh, it's just to complement the so it, it can help. I hate obs- using obs- the word obs-
1: boost, obs- but personalization. Yes. Obs- so yeah. So what? That's essentially to make it easier for um, destruction, of, like in this case, bacteria. I think um, complement proteins is more for extracellular uh, infections or parasites like bacteria. Yeah. Um, so these these kind of allow it easier to be killed off. Yep. Or eaten. Um, it they actually Exaggerate the inflammatory response. Yep. They kind of make it even more. uh, Amplify it. Amplify. That's the word I was after. Um, They induce um, cytolysis through MAC, which is membrane attack complex, I think they call it. Yep. And agglutination. Yes. Which is kind of sticking things together. And it comes out of fluid.
0: Yeah, if you've ever done a test in your lab where you take your red blood cells and you try and find out what blood type you are yeah. and you put the antibody in, you'll find that they agglutinate and that means they just come together and stick together. But you're right. The But the way I talk about complement is they complement it. They support the rest yeah. of the system. Yeah, opsonization, which is really important, binding of a protein um, uh, to a portion of a bacteria or other cell type and that enhances phagocytosis. It supports inflammation, supports the lysing of,
1: of cells and breaking them apart. Um, so they, this complement protein, 10% of your blood proteins are complement proteins. Yeah, there's heaps. But it, thirty they ha- main protein. they have to be turned on to be active. So they're inactive, right? Yeah. So um, something has to happen to initiate and they're going to go down a cascade of waterfall event. Yeah, well, don't go chasing waterfalls. Um, and then you have the outcome, which is what we just... Mentioned. So, okay, chemicals done.
0: The chemicals being the complement being cytokines. Uh, we've spoken about the cells. Should we do interferon? Uh, interfere- yeah, I spoke about interferon simply interfering with the way viruses uh, replicate. And that's pretty much it,
1: right? Yeah, I guess so.
0: Right? They 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 find an infected cell um, and they... Which is
1: interesting. So an infected cell, so let's just say... Uh, Let's just go with the COVID example because it's topical. Yeah, a cell is infected with COVID. It's a virus. It releases interferon from itself. Yep, and it goes to the, all the neighbors. Yep, and some who aren't infected? Who aren't infected? Yep. and what they will they will take on this interferon, which then kind of generates an enzymatic response. Yep, which makes it harder for now the COVID to come in to do its um, mRNA uh, enzymatic. Replication,
0: and that's why interferon therapy is something used for a number of different viral
1: infections, right? Yeah. Interferon therapy, and makes sense, as well as you know preventing viruses to infect un, un or healthy cells. It also ramps up the response of NK and or natural killer cells and the, the macrophages. Yeah, uh, I think pretty it's cool though, isn't it? I think an important point here is that none of
0: these cells or chemicals or physiological responses occur in isolation. Yeah. They're all blending, melding, working with one another, supporting each other.
1: and This it, is probably why you feel so rubbish when you're infected, right? Like you feel so tired and drained and no energy, lethargic. Yeah, think about what
0: your body's doing. Think about your liver's pumping out proteins, your, your bone marrow's pumping out cells, your metabolism's changed, your hypothalamus, which is the master regulator of... Th- and everything you do is being altered. Like, of course, you're tired and exhausted. And give your body that time to rejuvenate.
1: And cytokines also make you anorexic. What do you mean? Oh, you don't want to eat. You know when you uh, are gotcha. s- sick, you just feel yes
0: by the the def yeah the actual definition of anorexia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> are we done? Yeah.
1: Wow. We so actually we actually got quite a lot done in a short period of time. I th- I was expecting like it was going to go into two hours. Yeah, you would you would think <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, everybody, we
0: need to do the next episode, which is the adaptive. So what we've now done, what we've now outlined to you is how the body fights off an invading pathogen without knowing or caring what that pathogen is. The next step is for a very specific part. This is the SAS. This is the Marines. This is the trained these aren't just the grunts. These are the specialists. They come into play. They go, I've seen this before. I know what to do. Or they go, I've never seen this before. I'm going to learn its fighting tactics for future so reference. Eyes and stuff. Yeah, it's like ninjas. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the lymphocytes, T and B lymphocytes. We're going to be talking about how we have... Produce immunological memory. And we're going to talk about how this occurs
1: And that might from the bone marrow and at the lymph nodes. And that might allow us to then transition into the vaccinations. Perfectly. Mm. Ideal. God, right, we're good. All right, Michael. All right, thanks for, for look, the day. It was, if it was really nice doing this podcast with you today. Yeah, it would have my, been, you know, as always, it would
0: have been a better episode if it was just me doing it. But, you know, it's always good to have you... The sidekick. Yeah, you know, you're like... What, what you're cell the robin I, to what, my Batman. What, what
1: cell am I like?
0: You're like... The sunny to my share.
1: No, I was meaning in today's context.
0: Oh what cell? <laughs>
1: like a basophil or something. I would
0: say you're a a, probably you're a allergic. I would say you're a sloughed off stratified squamous keratinized epithelia. That's one cellated. that I just sloughed that's off onto the floor. It's salated. That your that your housemaids just
1: Well that I suck must say my that's probably one of the nicest compliments <laughs> that <laughs> anyone
0: had. has ever given you. <laughs> Calling you a sloughed off epithelia.
1: Alright. Well, wait, it's I know it's a, an Aaron
0: Nearly 10 minutes. Um, but if you're still listening, you can contact us if you like. People do it. God knows Believe why. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Um, and we will endeavor to get back to you.
1: Mike so, won't because he's, he's. Yeah, you never get back. It's his always me. email etiquette is
0: horrible. GU Biosciences at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter, Dr. Mike Todorovich. I've retired. Don't worry about Matt. I'm on Instagram. Join my Instagram. I put up videos. Actually, you
1: can follow the school, our school's Twitter page. I'll Don't worry about that.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah. No. What's the school's Twitter page?
1: I think it's at at Griffith Nursing.
0: Yeah. Or just type in uh, Griffith Nursing. Or Twitter. type type in Dr. Mike Todorovic uh, on Instagram, and you can watch some videos. Are we mostly on PH.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe. Um. And go to the YouTube page if you want to watch some videos. Just type in Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike on YouTube hit subscribe. If you like our podcasts, please go into Spotify, go into your Android, go into iTunes, give us a five star rating. If you don't think we're worth a five star rating, don't, don't do anything. Don't give us four or three or two or one stars. Don't say you guys are great and then give us a four star rating. Cause I don't get that. Um, or send us an email and say that we're helping. Or if you want a topic, send us an email. Don't send us super niche topics. Um, and, uh, We'll give you a hand.
1: And Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. Hopefully 2021 is going to be good for all of us and we can provide you with some more free educational
1: material. See you next week or next podcast, probably safer to say. Ciao. See you, Mike. Hold
0: up. What was that?